Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to my mommy's podcast. Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of Wabi Sabi Wellness. My name is Jeanette, and I'm jazzed that you have joined me here today. Today's episode is going to be so much fun. I got to chat with Kate from Crispy Aura, and I'm super excited for you all to listen to this interview. So Crispy Aura is a studio, a tattoo studio that just opened up in Chicago, and Kate is the brain behind it all. She started it, and I'm super excited for you all to listen to her story and how she got to where she is. Before we get there, though, we are going to go over the moon transits of the week, as well as the tarot card that I have pulled for us this week. We will be entering this work week with the moon in Leo, and it shifted there on Saturday, October 7th at 6.25 p.m. Central and will remain there until 7.02 a.m. Central on Tuesday, October 10th. This is the time for you to shine. I like to think of the moon in Leo as show up and show out. Be authentic, be yourself, and who cares what anyone else has to say about that. This is the time of the month for you to wear those outfits you've been holding in the back of your closet. Um, Just be super unashamedly yourself. This is also a great chance for hyping other people up, so do that. The only thing I would warn about is some temper tantrums that we might have during this transit. On Tuesday, October 10th at 7.02 a.m. Central, the moon will then shift into Virgo and stay there until 7.22 p.m. Central on Thursday, October 12th. You all know I love a good moon in Virgo transit. Moon in Virgo is all about productivity, efficiency, and getting things done. So expect for you to cross a lot off of your to-do list. Um, While it's in a work week, we're going to do really good stuff at work, but you might also come home and have energy to like put your summer clothes away and decorate for fall. I love the energy of this transit. Last but not least, on Thursday, October 12th at 7.22 p.m. Central, the moon will shift into Libra and stay there until 6.04 a.m. Central on Sunday, October 15th. While the moon is in Libra and the sun is in Libra, expect some major flow states to happen, especially when it comes to your relationships. This transit will really have us focusing on that as well as teamwork. Something to also keep in mind is we have our first solar eclipse in Libra that happens on Saturday at 12.54 p.m. Central. And this is going to be something that brings major change into the place of your chart that is ruled by Libra. For the tarot card of the week, I have pulled the four of pentacles. So now is a great time for you all to check in on how you're spending money and if that is aligning with your goals. Also with the holidays coming up, it's a good time for you to start checking in with yourself about how am I going to do it all? How am I going to pay for all of these things this holiday? So just a friendly reminder. So without further ado, here is my chat with Kate. I hope you all enjoy as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. Okay. Hi, Kate. I'm so excited to chat with you. So I'm going to start with the same question I start every podcast with. Who are you and what do you do? Okay. Me too. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, But my name is Kate and I am your corporate girly that's been focused on reprioritizing and reconnecting with the creative side of myself. Um, And whenever I say that, I just imagine my inner child, right? So I've been focused on that for the past few years. Um, and my latest adventure has been getting into tattooing, which is how we connected. Um, I've been doing that now for about a year and a half. Uh, recently opened my own space in West Town in Chicago. Um, it's called Christy Aura Studio. So thank you again for the invite. And I'm excited to talk to you today. Super exciting. Okay. So something that blows my mind is that you found tattooing in 2022. Your tattoos are beautiful. So you also wrote in one of your posts that in 2022, it was a year of just really big change for you. 
astrologically, um, 2022 was the very end of your Saturn return, which is your astrological puberty. So it's a time of awakening and realizing what you really want out of life. So can you speak to what that year was like for you and what that journey was? Yeah, I love that so much. Um, I didn't know about that until it kind of hit me right in the face. Um, But it's, you know, reflecting back, it's been such an amazing, scary moment, but overall really beautiful journey. Um, A lot of my clients are um, people in like their early to mid 20s. And every time it comes up in conversation, I always say, you know, when I was around 25, I felt like I really understood already the full extent of who I am as a person, as a friend, you know, as a daughter, um, what my profession would be like, you you feel like you have that full understanding um, of yourself. But what blows my mind is how every year since 25 to when you hit that first year in your 30, that every single year, I felt like I was changing and so different. And I think the the biggest moment of it was definitely flipping everything upside down from 29 to 30. Of course, a lot of that transition was, you know, during COVID timeline. But for me, for that year, I felt like in a sense that I had to, that maybe I lost and I had to refine in a different lens um, who I was, that entire identity that I built myself up to be, you know, I was always that friend that people would come in for advice. And I felt like, you know, I have a, good head on my shoulders it was pretty sound but during that year I started feeling um anxiety for the first time I started feeling angst I started like some of that also channeled towards this angry feeling um you probably know it more than me um because I always been intrigued by astrology but didn't understand it as deeply but I think I have some Aries in me although I'm Pisces I don't, I don't know, but, but I felt like there's, you know, as even as a kid, there was like a little bit of like that fiery spark in me that really came out when um, I was in my Saturn return. So um, that was the first time and a lot of it too, sorry, that could be cooped up, you know, in COVID timeframe and just kind of being alone with yourself. Um, But that was the first time that I sought therapy, not even really just to talk about anything specific, but more so to just understand a bit about myself and what are my natural responses to things um, and understanding that. So doing that kind of kicked off everything. And then me and my best friend took a trip to Sedona in Arizona. And we did, you know, we met with really wonderful lady who kind of like a life coach. And then we also did this guided meditation up in the mountains, like psychedelic free, just you and nature in your mind where she would, you know, talk through some prompts. And it's crazy because I got visualizations from that experience of um, like my spirit guide. And just sometimes when I talk about this too, I still feel a little woo-woo. But, um, and I remember she had asked us to invite our inner child on the journey and I didn't see anyone show up. Um, But it was, you know, for that experience, what I did see was, at a certain moment, um, there was like a female dancing figure in the sky. And I remember thinking, wow, she looks so beautiful and carefree and happy. And I just got the idea that I should dance. So then I came back and started taking dancing classes, um, really focused on reconnecting with my feminine because 
growing up, I always felt a little awkward or weird, like showing sensuality or feminine movements. So I challenged myself in that way. And then that led me to painting and drawing more. I think I was just reconnecting with my inner artist again. Um, and then it led me to, you know, one day late at night thinking, what if I did tattoos? Um, so kind of, you know, a long story to, to come back to it. But, um, you know, I think a lot of my Saturn return was, again, reconnecting with that inner child, reconnecting with that creative part of myself, and all of it leading to this crazy journey. I'm in the shop right now. Um, so yeah. That is such an exciting story. And it makes so much sense that this happened in Sedona for you, yeah. um, which is such a like energy portal for so many mm -hmm. of us. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so your, your midheaven, which is the part of your chart that talks about career is for you and Pisces, which talks about creative work and work that like speaks to your soul being really aligned to you. Mm -hmm. And you kind of answered this in the beginning, but what was your more traditional path that you took first? Yeah. So I've always been, so actually right now I still manage both. I'm actually not tattooing full time. And I do think that tattooing is so special to me that I don't, I, I'm hesitant to let it be something that I do all day, every day, because I'm really nervous that it's going to lose that special spark um, for me. Um, I want to look forward to every appointment that I do, um, that I show up in, in, in the right way. And I just worry that if I overdid it and there was burnout, that I will lose that. Um, so for me, it was always about balance. Um, even as a kid in high school, I was APR and AP math. So never knowing what, what to pick, um, I had a whole painting portfolio ready to attend, um, apply to art school, but then I have very traditional Chinese parents that were like, no, no, you have to do something with a mathematical side of your brain. And I remember even I had like an algebra substitute teacher where I was saying like, you know, I'm really interested in art. And I remember him saying like, so flat out, like, no, you have to do something in the math. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, you know, as a kid and not knowing what decisions to make and getting so many different um, channels of, you know, people advising you this and that, um, I went into college of business. Um, so I studied that. But even when I did that, it didn't feel 100%. I wanted to keep that balance. So I really, really busted my ass doing both finance and marketing, which was funny that I ended up using no, none of them. Um, but I always just wanted to have that creative outlet as well as the the part of my brain that also gets really excited about the puzzle, the numbers, the math. So um, yeah, I, I still do. Um, I do a lot of reporting and a lot of like do, 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 do stuff in Excel, which is still fun to me. It's kind of like solving a puzzle doing that um, that people appreciate but then um, the other half of me is when I do tattoos and when I'm drawing and more in that flow state so still to this day I still have one foot down both paths I guess so will you say yeah that makes a lot of sense and I hear you about wanting to keep that spark alive and that like funness of the tattooing going mm -hmm. um, do you think you'll ever get to a place where you are just doing this full-time um, I think that you know, I keep on thinking if I wanted to make the decision, I can. Like if I just woke up tomorrow and said that that's what I want to do, I can. Um, but I'm 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 following it from a way of what's feeling fulfilling and what's making me 
feel like both parts of myself is is there um so maybe i'm open to it um but i'm i'm very highly protective of that feeling and i think you know one advice that one of my my aunts i really looked up to her and she worked in creative um and when i was looking for college applications and what to apply in terms of major she had said something like don't mix your hobby and your career and that was such a big red flag but not not towards her but just to me like wow why was someone that I look up to so much I work in the creative field say something like that you know and I think now what she was talking about is that burnout and that losing that spark um so it's it's just so special to me um but yeah open to it we'll see I never knew that I would be here today doing doing this and you know having my own space so open to open to find out what it what it feels like exciting so in your chart, you have a stellium in Aquarius in your eighth house, which shows you're super okay with doing your own thing and being on your own can be very invigorating for you. It also is, um, so Aquarius can show that you have like quirky interests. So do you have any like funky hobbies? <laughs> um, I think that because I've been more open to reconnecting with myself, I keep on happening upon things that just I get into um the you know my first crispy aura was actually my etsy shop where over covid i just decided i was going to buy a sewing machine and i was just going to start sewing and then i was like mass producing these face masks and selling them on etsy and i sold thousands of them any moment that i had free i would be there with a the sewing machine um going to joanne's picking up fabrics and you know that it's it's funny because i come across those things not as a way to like start a business or make money just because I was just like I want to try to use a sewing machine um so I guess that's something and then yeah beyond that it's kind of what I talked about before with maintaining that balance so aside from like corporate world uh doing tattooing tattooing even though it's now you know a, a real legit thing I still very much see it as a hobby um and then dance so I do both Latin dancing, which is like salsa dancing, but then also I do heels, which is a little bit more feminine. Um, but all of those to me are tools that caters to a little bit more spiritual side of me that that you know wants that creative, that feminine connection. So fun makes are, a lot of are sense. Those quirky, I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I mean, yeah, for sure. I also yeah, I just... went into a sewing machine phase during COVID. Um, yeah. yeah, I was like super into it for like six months, but then it went yeah. into like the corner of the basement where all of the bags yeah. of stuff go. That Same. I give up it's on. under it's <laughs> under my guest bed. But it, it's so funny because there was that phase where they were hard to find. Like they were really expensive. I bought it secondhand off of someone on Facebook Marketplace. Like it, it's just so funny how, you know, when 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 I even talk about these stories it's it's crazy and interesting to me but also it's not lost to me that it's probably similar to a lot of people's stories too um yeah <laughs> just so funny yeah yeah COVID was definitely a period where I feel like was definitely terrible in a lot of ways but also mm -hmm. like I feel like so many people found passion and fun yeah yeah and so, so many people found like more positive work-life balance people that I've worked with in the past and I'm seeing them just be more free and enjoying the day-to-day -day or like taking time off to be with family and friends 
um, that felt like wasn't their personality prior to COVID. So I think in a way, it's really awesome how we kind of all evolved in different ways. Absolutely. Okay. So um, you kind of talked about why you started tattooing, but what was the first tattoo you did? And what is the specific style of tattooing that you do? Yeah. So the specific style is called fine line tattooing. Um, So it's funny because before I started tattooing, I didn't have any tattoos. (laughs) And I, the reason why I didn't have any tattoos is because you know, as a kid growing up, an artist and a creative, it was intriguing to me. But I don't know if other people have similar experiences that when you think about maybe in your teenage years of going and getting a tattoo, it's like thinking about when you're nine or 10 years old and going to Hot Topic, like, it was always so scary. (laughs) Um, So as a kid, and even as a teenager growing up, I never, I never went for it. Um, And then I was really inspired Um, during COVID that when I was scrolling and seeing random tattoos pop up that people were doing these really clean, dainty, beautiful, um, just super pristine work. Um, I also saw work that was so playful in a way that I didn't see before. Like, I think I saw a tattoo of like, like Tom and Jerry, like laying on a beach, um, like the lifesaver thing, like just laying back with the with the beach umbrella and it was fine line, but also in full color. And I was just like, people are making tattoos like these, like these, they look like stickers. They're so cute. And that's kind of what sparked that idea of what if I did that? Like, I didn't know people did this. Um, so that was kind of the path that I went down. And I knew that I could draw just because that came, you know, that was something that I always did drawing and painting growing up and in high school and all of that. Um, I just needed to understand the skin and anatomy and the machine. Um, So I just sought out people that could teach me. Like I took a first course with someone and then I did another shading course with someone and just like learning through different ways um, and just a lot of practice. Um, But since the beginning, it was always like the dainty fine line, like the cute little tattoos. (laughs) that just drew my attention that I just felt like was different. Yeah, I love it. People also like them too, which is so crazy. (laughs) I feel like it's really hard to find a really good fine line artist. Um, So what was the first tattoo you ever did? And was it on you or someone else? No, it wasn't on me. So, you know, when you think about tattooing, it's like, oh, like how often do people tattoo themselves? But you actually do need control of both your hands. Because at first I was like, I'm going to save my entire left arm for myself because I'm right-handed. But then I'm like, well, I need someone to come and like hold my skin taut. <laughs> so it, so it's it's funny how you're kind of limited to the places that you're able to tattoo on yourself. Um, but that first tattoo I did was um, script. It was like in cursive. And it was um, Mahagita, which is I love you in Tagalog. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she loved it. She She's so happy about it. So... <laughs> There was thankfully never a moment where I was like, oh, I really messed that person up. So not yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fun. I feel like I should get a Mahalkita tattoo, but I don't know. I'll do it. (laughs) How many do you have now? I just have one now, which um, I didn't get this one until I had been tattooing. I don't even know how long it was. Definitely over six months. And the thing that was funny to me is, you know, in the beginning, when I first started doing tattoos, everyone that I did 
I would be like, that's so cute. I'm so jealous. I want that. Like everything, every single tattoo I did. Because I remember when I, after I did the Mahakita, I did a Sailor Moon one. And I was like, that is so cute. I want that on myself. Um, but then it's funny because that excitement shifted a little bit after I did more and more and more. And when I hit like hundreds of tattoos that I did on people, I was way more um, picky. Like it went from, I want every single one that I'm doing to, okay, what do I actually want? Because now that I'm drawing and tattooing so many of them, um, it became a different feeling. And then it also was always a question of like, who would be the artist that I would go to? You know, I think a lot of artists get into tattoos because they have an artist that they admire. But for me, it was a little bit different. It was more so that I wanted to try different medium. Um, so in that case, I didn't really have like a lot of friends in the industry or anything like that because I just didn't grow up you know going to tattoo shops and frequenting those um so like who who would do that for me you know um and I think I kind of always just put it off um because when I would walk away from tattooing my clients and I go home I just didn't then think about well what do I want and let me draw that um but I knew that I wanted it to be something that you know honored my upbringing and my background um, so my roots, I was born in China. Um, so just one day, an artist, a Korean artist um, was visiting Chicago. And I remember thinking her work is beautiful. Should I book with her? And then I ended up not jumping on it. But she had a last minute opening one night. And it was like her second to the last day here in the city. And I was like, I think I should just do it. So then, you know, my again late night like I'm I want to take that spot so then I was like okay now what do we get um so her and I were able to come up with a design pretty quickly it's I don't know if you're able to see it's like 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 an Asian knot it's in like mm -hmm. gray work but then she put two little beads here uh, one of them is um blue with the ocean and one of them is green with like a little sprout which stands for the two characters in my Chinese name um, so yeah, I just did it super last minute, came up with the design so fast. Um, and just remember thinking, okay, well, let me go for it. And maybe the next day I'll be like, what have I done? But never had that moment, still love it. Um, but also it didn't really kick me into like, no, I need to get all the tattoos. For me, it's about do I meet an artist that I really connect with? Do I um have, you know, it's it's more about connection for me, but the thing that I found interesting was that the girl who was tattooing me, I think she had been tattooing for like six or seven years, maybe more. Um, but she had no tattoos. She has zero tattoos too. So I was like, this is so crazy because you're a tattoo artist without tattoos and tattooing me, a tattoo artist without tattoos. Um, so it's it's just interesting to see the industry change and like more women and people that are, you know, artists that are exploring the medium versus you know everyone having to be super tatted up to be a uh, tattoo artist these days that's that's such a funny story that she was also tattooless yeah. um but that's such a beautiful tattoo that you have i love it thank you so much um imposter syndrome do you ever feel it and if you do how do you tackle it with yourself for sure um in the beginning, well, I think a, a big part of it is me not having visible tattoos. So every time I would tell people I do tattoos, I could see like the scan up and down, like looking for my tattoos. Um, 
one thing that I thought was really funny that I heard was uh, someone had said, well, bald men can do women's hair. So you can do tattoos without tattoos, um, which I thought was cool. It's, you know, more about the technique and the skill and the training. Um, but also it was hard for me because I started it off as such a hobby. Like I'd never thought I would open it to be like a business or tattooing strangers from online. Um, it was more just something that was nagging me in the back of my head. And I remember when I was doing research on Googling how to become a tattoo artist, thinking, man, I can never do that. Like I have built my career for this many years now. Like, how am I going to quit my job and go find an apprenticeship? Like that seemed crazy to me. You know, um, I didn't realize at that the time that there were other paths and ways that you can you can do it. So I think because of that, that, that voice in my head that said, I can't possibly do this combined with my 29 to 30 Saturn return crisis, not liking that voice. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. So it was just going to be something to prove to myself that I could, maybe I was going to put one or two tattoos on a couple friends. And then I was going to move along with my mind and my life and just, you know, let that be a thing I did. Um, but yeah, I tattoo friends and then I share the work and quickly like people from online wanted tattoos too um so I didn't have enough time to reposition in my head that I was now a tattoo artist it's just like how where are these people coming from um so so yeah I, I remember going to dinner with my best friends after having tattooed for a few months already being like am I a tattoo artist I guess I'm a tattoo artist now they're like yes you can't say you're not because you put tattoos on people you know consistently now so Sometimes, yeah, I still struggle with that. And especially when I decided to open my own space, like, well, now I have to say I'm a tattoo artist. How am I going to have a shop and not say I'm a tattoo artist? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's like funny, silly conversations that I have with myself in my own head. But definitely that was something that I kind of went back and forth struggling with on that identity and that name. I Yeah, that's super funny to like have a tattoo shop and not yeah, like I'm not a struggle, struggle with it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's super funny. Yeah. Um, what is a misconception people have about you or the work that you do that you would just love to clear up? I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about tattoos and yeah. people who do them and people who have them and yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah, and I think we hit on it a little bit, you know, with the fact that not every tattoo artist needs to show up fully tatted to be able to, to do beautiful work. Um, it's It's more of, their technique and and their patience and and just how that translates into the art um and also aside from that i think another thing is tattoos artists shops don't have to be scary and don't have to be like that bad boy hot topic club and that's also a big reason of why i wanted to have my own space because in the beginning at that 4 a.m google session of how to become a tattoo artist i had you know, fantasize about a place that would be pink and pretty. I wanted to have a slushy machine. I don't have that yet. <laughs> um, but just somewhere where it's like playful and fun um, and colorful and easy and safe for someone to come and get their first tattoo that my teenage self would have wanted to go and hang out at and not, you know, not be scared to and intimidate to. So um, yeah, I, I feel like that's, that's number one and that's been our focus and luckily I think that the people that trust me with their tattoos have been able to pick up on that vibe 
And that's also why, you know, people, I like, I feel so connected to the people that I work with um, just because they really do appreciate that about me and my space. Um, so it's, it's a win-win. Absolutely. And I love that more and more women are entering the space. I think of all the tattoos I have, only one of them was done by a woman and it was such an, a different experience, but like in a good way, you know, I love it. I hear that from my clients a lot. There are clients that will come in and say, I make a point to seek out women artists and support them. And all my tattoos are done by women. But I also have a lot of clients that are like, wow, you're the first like female artist that I worked with. And yeah, it's, it's so interesting to me because it's like, why, why, what makes girls any less of an artist? You know, it's just because it's on a different medium. Um, so yeah, I think it's super cool that that's changing. Yeah. What is the most unique tattoo you've ever done? Oh my gosh. Um, it, it's hard because each of them. So for me, I think I'm also always looking for new challenges. Um, so it's like, I keep on finding myself doing tattoos and thinking to myself, I think this is a favorite. And then I don't know, I do another one the next week and it's a new favorite. Um, so for me, it's, I don't think I have one that comes to mind, but it's more about like, sometimes I'll say, do I, am I in the mood to do something super precise? Like, I want to make sure that the lines are like, if it's like geometric or if it's something that's just like super clean. Um, sometimes I challenge myself in that way and that comes out. That's so exciting. Um, and it's always, always so satisfying to capture like loved ones or pet portraits or even um, handwriting tattoos of loved ones like the the fact that the person loves it so much and it means so much and you look at it it's like it is the exact same thing it looks like someone wrote this on your arm that is so satisfying um, and sometimes I just want to play you know sometimes I want to do things that are more flowy um, with a little bit more shading that is a little bit more abstract so it's hard to pick because my mood switches between all of those so much. And that's kind of how I choose what I want to work on and focused um, in terms of booking my appointments for the upcoming month. Awesome. I love it. One tattoo that I really want to get done is um, a drawing my daughter did. I love those. I Oh my gosh. See, like the I, there's no way to pick. <laughs> yeah. I really want to do it. But every time she does one, I'm like, is this the one or should I wait a little uh, longer? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I used to be she... a teacher. Sorry, go, go ahead. For it. Oh, no, go I used for to it. be a teacher and one of the people I used to work with would get a drawing of one of the kids that, that they did every year. And I was like, wow, that's mm -hmm. like a real commitment. I could never. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, no, I think that if she's still in her very creative and drawing phase, then I think it's okay to hold out until there's one that feels right for the both of you. And I think that she'll give you that guidance too, you know, but I was just at a dinner. Uh, I was at a wedding and one of my friends that I haven't seen in like a year and a half to two years was there. And he's an architect, but he was saying that he was getting um, more and more into ink drawings. Um, and every year he does like an Inktober challenge where there's like prompts every day and he just draws. He doesn't have any tattoos, but he's been more open about them recently um, and he says that he envisions himself, he envisions himself with multiple tattoos, but he's also worried that what he picks wouldn't represent him, you know, down the line. And we were saying, how cool would it be if every year you do Inktober and then at the end of the month, you pick your favorite and what resonates with you. 
and you do that every year and it's kind of like a collection stamp of all past versions of you you know so i think you know it, it's okay if it doesn't resonate later on because it's still connected with you so much in that specific point in time i love that so much just like at the end of your life you have this collection of yeah. moments yeah it's so it's so cute especially with your daughter and as she's growing up that's so sweet <laughs> yeah um a controversial question i think for tattoo artists but what are your suggestions for aftercare for tattoos yeah so it, it's funny because you can give 10 clients the same exact aftercare instructions and they can all say they're following it to a t but it never comes back the same right so um for me, I like to keep the aftercare pretty no fuss and pretty minimal, um, just so that there's less room for error. Um, so for after the tattoo, I usually send the client home with um, Sanoderm or Second Skin, and that just makes it so much easier for them to keep it clean and just keep everything away from it for that first 48 hours where it's more considered open wound. Um, after that, the removal of it can be tricky, so they just have to really commit to being careful and like giving it a 20 minute 20 minute slow uh, command strip peel um, but if all of that goes smoothly then it should be pretty low fuss um, for fine line tattoos because we're not covering as big surface areas our eyes can be a little bit tricky about or uh, not tricky our eyes can be a little bit more picky about the way it heals so like if you have little scabs that fall off of the line then you might see some dark to light transitions that might need touch up later um, this is where the healing and the aftercare is really you know you have to really take your time and make sure that you're not picking anything that as you're removing the sanoderm is not catching anything and coming off um of course that can happen to all tattoos but it's just that with the line that we're doing at a thinner size you notice it a little bit more um with, with the aftercare so I just tell my clients to keep it clean and keep it moisturized uh, one to two times a day sometimes people that are really like particular about their aftercare that are like on the dot moisturizing and putting a lot actually come back with the tattoo a little bit more faded than I would like versus someone that's like there's someone that came in I was like no caffeine and then they were bleeding during the session I was like do you have any caffeine they said no but they're like oh I had um a pre-workout and then that same night I went out um to like a dancing social and I saw him at the same place like sweating it out I'm like go what are you doing but his tattoo looked beautiful he didn't need any touch-ups so um, at the end of the day I think having trust with the artist and just knowing that if if anything I always say at the end of the day don't worry about too much keep it clean keep it moisturized make sure not to scratch or pick at it you know avoid the bath pool soaking in water but after that when it comes back we can always make it perfect again so just having that ease on a client's mind that they're not constantly like applying and slathering things on and like all of that um it, it makes it better so i think trust and ease of mind and just basic simple directions that you can follow is probably the best formula instead of doing too much with it i love that because i feel like my first tattoo they gave me like these elaborate instructions and i was like okay mm -hmm. i'm gonna not do any of that <laughs> I also find that, you know, I give my little speech after the tattoo is done to my clients. But it's so funny because sometimes I'll stop. I'm like, you're not listening to me because they're like, they're so excited about the tattoo that they just got. I'm like, you're not listening. I'm like, I'll send you the written instructions. And, and there are people that are so funny that as I'm talking, they're like this. 
I'm like, you don't have to write it down. I have it written down for you. So it's, it's, it's funny that there's so many different personalities, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think as an artist, just making it as easy on your client as possible is probably the best way to go. I love it. Okay. I'm obsessed with the name you chose for your business, Crispy Aura. Can you speak to where that came from and how many names did you go through before you were like, this is the one, this is me. Yeah, no, that was the one. There were no other names. Um, so it was a funny inside joke with my, with my roommates when, you know, when I first moved out of, or when I first graduated college, I lived in Wicker Park with roommates for a few years. Um, such a fun time, but, um, we were across the street from a Joe Osco that was 24 hours. So I was just shopping, grocery shopping one day. Um, it was pretty late at night and I was probably pretty bummy and just tired. Um, but I remember I was looking in the produce section um, and someone just walked past and just said, hey, you're pretty tired right now, but your aura is really good. It's really nice. It's really crispy. And then they just walked away. And it's I, I don't know why in my mind I felt like that was normal, but or maybe not. I just think I was responding like a little slow to them. But before I knew it, they had already walked away and I was just like that's so funny. Um, and I just thought that that was such a weird verb to, no, that's not a verb. <laughs> adjective. <laughs> that's such a weird adjective to use to talk about someone's aura. Like what color would that be? You know, I, it just, it's so interesting to me. Um, so wait, can you still hear me? Cause I think my, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, so I went home and told my roommates and it was kind of like an inside joke, like crispy, like chicken, like it was just funny. Um, but then, you know, later as I like felt it out more, I thought that that was such a cool thing for someone to feel like coming up to me and just saying and not really needing anything else conversation wise or anything from me, just just saying that and putting it out there and walking away. So. Um, yeah, it always stuck to me and it was always like a little inside joke. And then I was like, let me just make it, make it a thing. And then it's funny because people are like, oh, your lines are crispy. Is that why you say that? And then sometimes people are calling me Crispy Kate. <laughs> so it, it's kind of evolved a little bit, but that was the original, original moment. And I wish I could find that person out to say like, look, look what we have here, you know, but I, yeah, I have no clue. I have no clue who they were or anything. That is hilarious. And I love that so much. And like speaks to like, nothing happens coincidentally. Like, I yeah. feel like you were supposed to hear that comment. <laughs> it's so insane. And I think something was going on with me energetically during that time, because in that same week, I had went to get sushi burritos with my roommates at a different place in Wicker. And we were just sitting like, I think we were like joking about what dessert we should get after we have these giant sushi burritos. Um, and someone from the next table over had walked up to me and was like, hey, just so you know, you're a latent, latent, tele, latent telepathic. I, it's hard for me to say. Um, and they're like, just wanted to see if you like are open to stuff like that or believe that. Um, it's latent because it's, it needs to be practiced. So if if it's something that you believe, you just need to like focus and meditate on it. I was like, at that time, I don't know. I was just like, that's, yes, that's so cool. Thank you. And I didn't know what else to say. Um, and then they left too. <laughs> so I think something energetically was going on in that moment where I was having, you know, strangers just come up to me and, you know, commenting on things like that. 
And that's so funny because I went home and I told, you know, the same friends and they're like, you need to put a password on your mind because people are walking by and picking things up. <laughs> we need to get it encrypted. <laughs> that is so funny. What a what a wild week for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really interesting. But I mean, I still haven't meditated on that. Maybe I sh- I always say maybe I should maybe I should do that next. Um, yeah. yeah, that was super cool. I like crispy aura better than latent telepathy, though, for a studio <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but yeah. Thank you so much. It's, yeah, I love the name too. Um, so speaking of crispy aura, the studio, is it officially open now? It's open. So we kind of snuck in here. Um, actually, I'm having an opening party next week, which is how I originally found you. Um, it's 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 been my baby, and I've been, like, just here painting the walls, staring at every detail for months now. And just finally it's like, you know, I think it's at the right place to be able to like open it up to people. And I have so many people that send me literally, like I call them love notes because it's insane to me how much support and love like a stranger from the internet will, will give you, you know? And I have people that saw me from the very beginning when I first started tattooing or even people that used to buy face masks from me that then saw my page transition into like a tattoo page. Um, so much su- support from people that I never met. So I wanted to like open the space to just kind of welcome that loving energy in and do a little shop warming. Um, but yeah, usually it's appointment only. So it's kind of like low key. If you're just driving down the street, you might miss it. Um, we just, you know, keep it a pretty sacred space for ourselves in terms of, you know, making the clients feel safe and then just like, doing our work here and then going home so it this will be a fun event to kind of show it off and like all the work that we've done so from what I've seen it's beautiful and very much like you talked about like not like what your brain thinks of when you think of tattoo studio is very Mm -hmm. bright and bubbly and like welcoming and has a crispy aura about it thank you (laughs) I I like to think to myself that it's I see it as a playground I think if I didn't have the name crispy aura it would say something about like playground just because that's how I see it and I had so much fun painting and decorating like I will lose sense of time in here um I would just be here and it'd be like three o'clock in the morning like I think I should go (laughs) just like doing the lights or like hanging little things here and there and like making everything so pretty um so yeah it's 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 so much love went into this space so I'm so excited to share it to everyone Absolutely. A labor of love. Yes. Yes, for sure. So going back to you, how old were you when you came to the States? And how do you think this move impacted you and the desires you have in your life? Um, I was 10 years old. So just starting to enter my teenage years, I did not want to come. I was like, no one consulted me. No one asked me if I wanted to come. Like, this is such a huge move in my life that, you know, I'm losing all my friends. I didn't speak English. I remember I came, we, we first moved to um, like just outside of Los Angeles and I went to a school. I was in their ESL program, but the first day I was there, they gave me a book and then they handed me the Pledge of Allegiance. And it's like so, such big words that you have to say every single day. Um, so I remember looking it up in like the little electronic dictionary that we had. Um, it's like kind of like a mini iPad <laughs> that just literally all it did was translate. Um, so I would translate every single word and be like, wow, people in America are so interesting. Like they say such intense things to start their day every day at school. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it, it was, it was kind of a tough transition for me as a kid. Um, I think I, in a sense, wanted to fit in so bad that I started to ditch my actual upbringing, my actual identity. It caused a lot of issues between me and my parents. I never understood, like, how come everyone else can go out or go sleep over? Or, like, if we're just at a bonfire or someone's house, like, I had to leave at 9 p.m., but everyone else can stay past midnight, you know? Um, I was an only child. I was born in that era where everyone is like a one child policy. So, everyone was only child, children, child. <laughs> um, so, it, it was just, it was just interesting. Um, so, teenage years was really struggling finding my identity. So, I think, you know, throughout, I see a pattern in my life, a duality. I have the East and the West. I have the creative mind and the the um, more analytical mind. So it's always just about balancing the two. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's cool because you look back at it and you're like, okay, that was tough. Fighting with my mom every day was tough. Not feeling like I fit in was tough. And then turning around and embracing my culture again like that was beautiful so so everything I think it does happen for a reason and does then you know form you to to where you are now um, when I was first interested in tattoos I was scared to tell my parents it's like would they think that that's you know what they think attribute that negative connotation of bad boy club to what I'm trying to do but it's so cool to me that slowly they're embracing it too and we talk about it and I could see that they're excited for me and I think it's everything's just come full circle now because I think in their heads they're also saying you know that makes sense that makes sense that she would want to do this um with everything that I tried to suppress and then bring and then all of that in my childhood so it's it's so cool to be at the age where I've lived enough not enough I've lived a little you know long enough to look back and understand um how everything came to be and it's just the beginning so I love that. I, I feel yeah. very similarly. I feel like when I was younger, I tried to detach from my Asian side as mm -hmm. much as possible. And the older mm -hmm. I get, I'm like, wait, no, there's some really cool it. stuff there. We have some amazing food. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. I remember being ashamed of dumplings my mom would pack me to lunch when I was a kid. And I demanded peanut butter sandwiches. Everyone eats peanut butter sandwiches and I have to eat those. And then I ate so much peanut butter sandwiches that I ended up... Um, not being able to eat peanut butter for years finally just like I'm able to eat it a little bit more now but it's like why would I ever pick a peanut butter sandwich versus like the yummy like noodles or fried rice or dumplings my mom would make like that's so insane is that but so we funny to, yeah we had to go through that and now every time someone asks me where do you want to eat it's, I'm always like can we I you know I'm always down to eat Asian food yep yeah. I love it um, what is something that present day Kate would want to tell teenage Kate? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I think what we talked just now kind of looped back to it. Right. But I would just give more reassurance that everything is going to work out and everything that you're experiencing is just a part of a really cool journey. Um, and that, you know, nothing is final. Cause I think when we're in our teenage years, everything felt so final, like if your best friend moved or like what major we were going to pick, like all of that. Um, but I'm realizing now that no decisions or careers or relationships or any thoughts that you have about yourself is permanent. 
you know, even, you know, feeling so much change from 29 to 30, like who, who would ever think that? Who would ever think that I would then go and become a tattoo artist after 30? That's crazy. So just that nothing is forever and to just enjoy the entire journey that leads up to your life and just be open to possibilities and have fun. Just relax. You could definitely relax. (laughs) I love it. Um, what do you do for yourself when you're having a bad day when your aura isn't feeling so crispy? Yeah, um, I'm starting to notice more patterns in that of what causes that. So if I feel like I've been super sluggish for a long time and not getting any exercise or I, I notice if I have spent the whole entire day inside and never actually took a breath of fresh air, literally, I get sad, especially if it's a little bit in the winter months and there's no sun. Like I was surprised myself at the end of the evening where I didn't do anything outside of the house that I would start crying, you know, and it's like, that's new for me. So um, allowing myself to feel that more and allowing myself to release it when I need to um, and understanding the patterns of what I need, the formula of what I need to keep me happy, right? Like the movement and the air and just having some time to yourself. Um, I have two cute little puppies. They're not puppies anymore, but um, that it's just like, if you can always just look at them and cuddle them and just feel so much love and that really helps. And they help me also get outside (laughs) uh, to go walk them around the neighborhood. So just simple little things like that, I think, you know, makes me feel way better and spoiling my inner child. So if she wants gummy bears, she's getting gummy bears. If she wants to go buy a whole ice cream cake and eat it in a week, that's okay too. Um, so like reparenting and just, you know, giving myself grace for what I want in that moment. Um, yeah, just see, talking about that makes me feel so happy already. So I think it's hard to have a bad day if you're the person spoiling yourself. <laughs> I love that so much. That should be like framed somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Last question here. Where can people find you and how do they book a tattoo with you? Yeah, um, they can find me online. So my person or my my tattoo account is underscore crispy aura. The shop is crispyaura.studio. We are appointment only, so don't come knocking (laughs) at the door. Um, the way that I do my bookings right now is I open my books for the following month, every first Friday of, of the current month. So I'm about to open my books for November this upcoming Friday on the 6th. Um, it, it's, it's, it's been interesting. And I feel like sometimes people get mad at me because I don't physically have the capacity and capability to do every single tattoo that gets submitted. And that's why I only open my books for from noon to midnight for one day um, each month. But still, then I can't get to everyone. Um, but just know that every person that I do respond to and take is a project that I really want to do. And kind of going back to what I said earlier, like what aligns to what I feel that month. Um, I've been getting a lot of support and grace on that. So I really appreciate it. But it, that's hard sometimes it's hard to respond to every single person and I'm I've been holding on to this idea that I want to be the person that reaches out that talks about um, scheduling and cost and logistics with every single person that I book 
Um, so maybe that's stopping me from being able to send a mass message to everybody. But that personal connection to me is important right now. And as, as long as I can do it, I want to keep doing that. Um, so just be patient with me. But it, I also feel like it's fate. It's, it's, I'm supposed to meet the people that meeting. I'm supposed to tattoo the pieces that I'm tattooing. So, yeah. I love it. Okay, five fast questions. What is your favorite morning beverage? Um, oh my gosh, I'm so bad. I don't even, I'll go the whole day and feel like I didn't drink any water. Um, but I've been really loving the coconut waters with the little crunchies inside. Maybe not morning beverage, but. Beverage, love it. Yeah, <laughs> beverage. Um, what is your go-to comfort food? Bah. Peanut butter sandwiches? <laughs> no, none of that. Although I do have a uncrustable stalling on the table right now. Pho <laughs> is so good. It like it's so good. It's like I if swear I'm not feeling good. Asian penicillin. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. I've been waiting for hot pot season to start though. Because that's it's also a, like it's reminds always me of hot pot season. But then I think about my mom <laughs> nagging in the back of my head, like something about the 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 cold and the heat and how you're just gonna grow pimples or something if you eat hot a pot in the summer I don't know I haven't had a pimple in a long time <laughs> I don't know why I still believe that <laughs> um what's the last really good book you read um I just finished at the audiobook of the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo and that was that was really cool I hadn't read a book that was um, like storytelling in, in such a long time. I was kind of stuck on self-help books for a while, but they were kind of getting a little slow to get through. So um, that was cool to put myself in a different world, um, kind of like that fictional um, world. So that one was a really good one. Same. I'm a self-help junkie until I read like 10. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I need like an easy book. Yeah. I need one that's not going to make me cry about myself. I keep, on, <laughs> I keep on forgetting to cancel or skip my Audible credits so Amazon keeps on giving me all these credits and I'm like man like that's not cheap I have to like spend it on a self-help book like I have to like <laughs> the bank for my money in, in terms of that credit so I keep on buying these like really intense self-help books and I'm like driving and like this is this is insane so we need a break and just listen to something more lighthearted. <laughs> I love it what is something you would love to learn to do Oh my gosh, don't put it in my head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I would love to understand more of your world. Like, I think that's so cool. Like people that are really connected spiritually. Um, just with after my trips to Arizona, after the initial one, we took another one that second time. And we did the same exact thing. And in that meditation, my inner child did show up. And I'm actually taking the same trip again next month with the same friend. So we're going to do the same exact thing and just kind of see how it changes year over year. But it's, it's, it's just so cool. Like, it's so cool to, to have that connection and to be able to connect with others on that topic. So like astrology, tarot, like that's so, so interesting to me. Um, I would love, I would love, I think you have to have a calling for it. Right. But I would love to, to be in, in that club. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you have a calling for it. You have a crispy aura and, you know, all these things that have happened to you. You have a, what is it, latent telepathy? Oh. 
it's hard to say, right? <laughs> it's, it's so, so hard, hard to say. To say. <laughs> um, maybe, yeah, maybe I just need to meditate a little bit more and see see what comes to me. But yeah, I love I love that world. What are you looking forward to this month? I'm looking forward to the opening party on Saturday. It's been so fun, exciting, but exciting also shares like a little border with like anxiousness, right? So I keep on jumping back and forth, but I think it's going to be so fulfilling to see all the happy faces and like for people that like hugs, I want to hug every person, um, just feeling so much support and love. And I think it's going to be quite overwhelming for me, energetic wise. Um, also, I have apprentices that have been working with me for a few months now. And the night before, we're finally all hanging out together. We're going to do pizza and we're going to do an escape room. So I'm so excited for that. Um, and then I don't even know. I don't even know what what world and what life is after this this opening party. So I'll think about it after it comes. But for now, it's just so many exciting things um, going on this week. That's super exciting. Thank you so much, Kate, for your time and your energy and your crispy aura. And it was such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I, I feel bad because this whole time I've been talking about myself and I feel like I haven't learned more about you. So if you ever decide the tattoo that you want, I hope that I get to meet you in person and that we get to chat a little bit more um, so I can understand more about you. I feel like I've only been talking about myself this whole time. Well, that's the point of the interview. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> I want to be I... like, what about you? How was your Saturn return? <laughs> I'm, I'm going through mine now. Um, okay. But this whole spiritual spiritualism thing is very much part of that like I yeah so I was a teacher for eight years before or seven years um and then I had my daughter and then it was during COVID and then I was like I can't do this anymore I can't teach other kids and be a mom and then Mm. you know come home and give my daughter an empty cup Mm. so I left that world for the corporate world um which is so much simpler and easier to balance than teaching which is like a misconception people don't understand that like yeah yeah my face right now was like (laughs) yeah and um because I work in the corporate world I have time and energy to pursue all of this so yeah yeah Yeah, I like that you made space to free up you know for this world and just from the short time of chatting with you and even just like talking before in dms like I can feel the energy and I really feel like you you are probably such a great mom and you're doing a great job. Thank you. That's yeah. not what my daughter said yesterday when I didn't give her no. something and she told me, you're the worst. I'm getting a new mama. <laughs> well, kids will humble I go back you. And forth. I go back and forth. I'm like, do I want kids? Like, I think I will have a lot to share and teach and it'd be a great connection. But man. That's another, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yeah, they're they're humbling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Kate. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I hope that we get to meet in person someday soon, yeah? <laughs> we will. Okay. And there we have it, folks. The interview that I did with Kate from Crispy Aura. 
she is phenomenal. I think you can tell from the interview, but she's just so easygoing and so easy to chat with. And I think that's super important when you're picking your tattoo artist, right? I think it's very similar to picking your tarot reader. You need to have somebody that you have like a connection with, someone who you get. So I'm super excited to get a tattoo from her someday in the near future, I hope. Next week's interview is with Olya Goffman from Olya Chicago and Oxygen Trips, which is also going to be so much fun, guys. So I hope you tune in for that episode. I'm leaving you with this quote by Robert Frost. In three words, I can sum up everything I've learned about life. It goes on, while we are going through life, um, especially with eclipse season, things can get a little sticky, things can get a little hard, but we will make it through it. Um, I hope you all have a beautiful, magical, wonderful week, and always remember to look within. Thank you.